Got it out at center. Kadri, a pass ahead on the right side for Tavares. Tavares steps into the slot. Tavares shoots and scores! Holy mackerel! Welcome back, JT! position on the left side. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, Tavares. Still there. Poppy. Yeah. Welcome back. Episode four. Pucks in Deep podcast, Josh and Adam. Right back to the Griffey well, Lesko. Right back to it. That was a well-mixed intro to it. If anyone didn't know or didn't see Josh's Facebook, that is actually the second audio clip was him selling after <laughs> Matthews went top shelf. Cheese show. Big time. Dirty, dirty snipe. Enjoyed that very much. It was that exact moment. And, you know, we'll get into the Leaf game a little more in depth uh, later on in the episode. But, um, oh, man. I mean, seeing that rip go in over the left shoulder of what, you know, many people consider to be arguably the best goaltender on the planet. He He played very well, too. Yeah, price was price was real good. I mean, everyone's shitting on the Leafs for not being great, but I mean, let's be honest, price was great. Anyway, it is October fourth, night after opening night, Leafs win. First highlight courtesy Joe Bowen at Bonzi tweets, I believe. Bonzi? Bonzi? I don't know. Lots of people clip his uh, his calls and put them over they're, over the video. It's they're the fantastic. Best. Yeah, this one wasn't even over the video. This one is literally just a, oh, it's a, just an audio. No, straight it's up. A, it's a fixated camera on him. Oh, I've seen that. I've, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Sportsnet actually posts those. On I know. Twitter, I find that sure. strange because they got some other guy working for them. Well, he does the radio games for. I'm pretty sure he does it for Fan Five Ninety and for Ten Fifty. When they're doing the radio broadcast. You know, like, I think he does it for both. It confuses me. And the second week in a row now, we've started the show talking about broadcasters, which I really like, by the way. <laughs> and that's un- that's unprompted. I don't have any uh, reason to be talking about broadcasters, but it is something that I like to dabble in. So I'm really interested in it. And, and I am interested now that like Bowen is working for the same company sometimes that plays games on the television. And then they're also showing highlights of him in the press box they're like, giving the people what they want i guess sort of without bringing back on tv put him on the fucking television know, then, like people really want so you get a little overview of what's going on today here we're gonna go around the nhl for the first segment 
Uh, talk about a lot of the games last night. There's no shortage of topics and takes to be had. Uh, we've also got our second segment. We're going in-depth into the Leafs for all our Leafers out there. And, yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, where do you want to fire off here? Yeah, I mean, I think that was good. I want to stress the 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 opportunity or the option for us. We've decided to go in the direction where we're going to cover the league and uh, get that out. Not get it out of the way, but you know, get the league stuff out of the way, uh, so to speak, and then move into some Leaf talk, so that anybody out there that you know just absolutely can't stand the Leafs, don't even want to fucking hear about them, whatever. Uh, you don't have to stick around. And you hey, still... at least they're interesting to talk about at they this are. point. That's I mean, exactly three, I was gonna say. three years ago, if you're not a Leaf fan, you have no interest in them whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, well, if you're a general hockey fan, you might want to hear it. But yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure to we're, each their own. Right? We're one of we're one of at least a hundred podcasts that has jumped up uh, in, in in regards to the Leafs. I mean, it's out there for us to do. It's uh, oh, we're a recent expansion team here. Yeah, I mean, but once you're once you're set up and you're going, it's actually not that you know it's not really pricey it's a hobby that you can kind of put a little bit of cash in uh on the ground level and then you're kind of set and away you go and you're you're allowed to have some fun and you can be free and i don't know i find it a lot of fun especially after you know of course my opportunity to go down and be in toronto and sit sit behind the microphone there for a little bit it was just like i already can't wait to start podcasting more and at that time we had only done one episode so yeah now we're on to episode four and i think people are along for the ride and we thank all of uh, the listeners out there for uh for listening i know one of the guys out there pipes my my buddy he's gonna be pumped that he's getting called out <laughs> you know i like i like right now that we've got call outs already and we're only 150 56 uh listens in but we're already giving call outs but so pipes he he has four listens we only have three episodes. So Pipes liked one of our episodes, probably the fantasy episode, and watch his team finish in dead fucking last. <laughs> watch he picked everybody and, like, followed everything we said, by, like, to a T. <laughs> I know he picked Troy Terry. And, oh, yeah? Yeah. He sold him on that. Sold him on Terry. And Terry looked pretty good last night. I think he looked nervous. Getzloff had a couple for the points. Ducks. Getzloff was good. Raquel was phenomenal. John Gibson was great. Uh, my Anaheim Ducks love on this podcast will continue all year. Yeah, all I, was, year. I was hoping to see a bigger night out of the Sharks, to be honest. I ended up picking up Thornton pretty late in my draft, and uh, you see he got held off the sheet. But, man, Evander Kane, the dangles he put on that goal. And, like, if you look at it from the other angle where it's coming up behind him, you can see he fully intended to shoot five-hole there, too, because it kind of looked like he whiffed on the shot from the, the side angle. Mm-hmm. But man, he ripped that, and that was a gorgeous goal. And then you see the second goal, hurdle was was hurdle, hurdle's goal of the year. Oh, already. I thought Thornton's dick was coming out for that one. <laughs> Jesus, shaved his beard too. He, I don't know if I like it. I love. I, he looked good, like that big beard suited him because he's a. I don't know, just big burly, big burly yeah, man. It, yeah, it suited him perfectly. Yeah, he. Uh, you're right. It looks a little different. It's tough to get used to, but I mean, you can definitely, you know tell the difference between him and burns now sometimes you'd see that beard flowing and you just wonder who it was out there but jumbo joe back looking good uh, i picked up jumbo in uh one of my pools and i really liked what i saw from him san jose obviously didn't have a great game i'm a little disappointed with eric carlson eric carlson's start but i mean it's early man yeah 
There's 82 games. There's no overreactions here, right? Eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess Washington, too. Holy. They were ready to go last night. You know who wasn't? The, Boston? The Bruins. No. The Bruins. They, it's like they didn't even – they forgot their season started last night. Oh, my Cause God. I, didn't, I can't believe it. They got pumped. I, you figure that's going to be a good game, right? I mean, it's entertaining if you're a Caps fan, but holy crap, they lit them up. I love it. And oh. – Wow, we got some and again they're in a high scoring game right now as we look over at the television four four caps and penguins. So Yeah, and it's like halfway through the game yeah, right now. They've got eleven goals and they're still in the second period of the second game of the season. So Yeah. You, you guys picked up Washington players, they're looking pretty good right now. I do have Backstrom. Oh like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov have like they are fired up right now. They are ready to go. They want to repeat, no doubt, and uh, Ovi finally had to let go of the cup last night, kissed it goodbye eh, before he put it in the case. I didn't actually notice that. I yeah, it was like I right at the end that. of all the, like, they took a picture with it. They raised the banner. Yeah, eh? Yeah, so a big special night for them, and it uh, must have done something. And their fans were fired up, too. Like, I noticed on those goals. Like, it's, it's pretty wild in there. Oh, they rocked the red. Yeah. Oh, they rocked the red at the Verizon Center. Yeah, well, big and you time. just, it's... It's a lot different in contrast to the ACC. Like, they scored a goal and they were all up on the glass, and all you could see was a sea of red jerseys and people freaking out, waving the towels. And, like, in terms of the, well, the ACC, the friggin' Scotiabank place or whatever it's called now, Center Arena. Arena, see? They should have went gardens. SBA. Yeah, well, they, uh, they showed that picture of Matthew celebrating the OT goal, and, uh, you can see, like, a few people in the frame freaking out, and there's this one guy who looks like he's wearing one of those glasses, nose, and mustache kits, uh-huh. sitting there in a suit, not even, not reacting whatsoever. No clapping, not a smile, nothing. And, like, he gets to witness that Stoic. unreal moment. Clearly just some rich bum who does not give two fucks about hockey. I know, man. The tickets were so expensive. Oh, I uh, heard they were charging like a 600 bucks to sit up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, one guy had uh, tickets he sold last year, opening night, sold them for 250 This year, sold them for 830 Yeah. Well, you would imagine the demand just even for this game, Johnny T's first game tonight or, or last night. Would I mean, have been something to let, see. Let's be honest. Whoever bought those tickets for eight thirty, like, you're an idiot. Well, uh, that or you got deep pockets. No, but the thing, if okay, but my thing Some is Bay is, Street if, baller. If, if he sold them for two fifty last year, okay, and then he sold them for eight thirty this year, like what? The tickets can't be that great. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been two fifty last year. I don't care. Like, we still had Matthews. Still had Marner. Still had fucking <laughs> Nylander. That, ah, I'm mad at Nylander. I don't even want to go there. I'm All mad right, at Nylander. Well, we'll when keep are we, we'll when keep are we getting around, there? We'll keep going around the NHL No, here. let's get there right now. We, we just brought him up. I just talked about him. We're going Fine. to him right now. Everything what is going on? back to the Leafs. Yeah, no, but it, it doesn't matter. It's Nylander. He would be, let's say it was Pasternak doing this or Ehlers doing this. Two comparables that everyone keeps using, right? Let's say that one of those two guys was was holding out on the lineup. Maybe not so much Ehlers. I do put Nylander ahead of, ahead of Nylers. But again, that's exactly where he should be. Ehlers, Nylander, Pasternak. Because Pasternak's probably a better player. And I hate to say that about a guy that I love. And like, I think Nylander is an extremely skilled player. He probably has a, uh, a point plateau of maybe 80. 
Yeah, we really have. I don't know. I'm not into projecting that kind of shit. But no, but I just mean over the he, course uh, of his career, if he if he if he turns into you know the 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 man and the the professional that you know the dedication and the drive that it takes to to perfect your craft. If he brings that with him, he has a very high ceiling, higher than six, way higher than sixty one points. The difficulty with negotiating these kinds of contracts is that if you're 28, say 29, signing your big deal, you're getting your payday. You want to pay guys on what they're going to do, not what they did. But when they're Nylander's age, you want to pay them for what they're going to do, not for what they did. And that's definitely the player's perspective for that second one, right? They want to, right. They're going to say, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, I project here. And based on a ceiling, you know, not so much on what you did the last couple of years. And you've seen that trend around the NHL in these second deals where guys are getting huge numbers for having put up a modest amount of points, yeah. you know, 50, 60 points is, is great, but you did it for a couple of years. Now you're going to make 8 million or something. We're I, trending towards a crystal ball. We're I've, trending towards crystal ball. Oh, we have to, we have to guess what this guy is going to make and pay him accordingly. Yeah. And, and it's it, what eight year deals has done to the league. You leave that stuff to the nerds. And I know the Leafs got a good batch of them cooking up something here but i've heard two different narratives here now there's it's fine there's so much bullshit out there like uh, uh i can't listen to like dragger talk about it anymore because like i swear to god like they gotta stop calling that guy an in- insider because he's just speculating on whatever but they're talking about like oh yeah, he wants where's dry saddle money he wants eight eight point five million or whatever and um you know at least want to pay him six something but then i heard something much more i don't know much more reasonable. They're saying he's more looking at like seven or like Pasternak money, like six point six six something, and they want to pay him six, or which okay, sounded well, like a more reasonable scenario. Okay, at this well point. Let, let me let me. But let if me, they're that close, then can we just get this done? But they're not that close. It's obvious. People are saying that oh, we don't know what we're talking about. Fans don't know, so no one can really say much. I still see some people that are like on the Nylander side of this. Okay, which is fine if you wanted. If you want to talk about this being a business and players getting market value or whatever, that's fine. I don't I don't not accept that argument. What I don't accept is the fact that you're saying we don't know. Well, we do know because here's what we know right now. He's losing about 30 grand every game that he doesn't play. So, there if my math is correct, after only 3 games and one extra period, He's lost $100,000. How many three-game sets is he ready to miss before he starts getting into 200000 and 300000 and 400000 which is oftentimes what can be a make-or-break decision for a player. You guys are at 6-5, and I want 6-9. Okay, you guys are at 6-6, six, six, I want 6-8, and then we meet in the middle at 6-7. Yeah, I still, he's I still lose got, those extra hundred thousand. Exactly, that's what I'm getting at. So if if they were if they were as close as people like to imagine that they are, then he wouldn't be missing any games at all because the, every time he misses a game, it's a third of the hundred thousand dollars that he's arguing over. Yeah, but it's not hundreds of thousands; it's millions. That's an interesting perspective has, on that. It I has think. to be millions because of the fact that he's losing money and he's not playing Saturday. Obviously, that's two. Then there's a back-to-back on Sunday, so obviously he's not playing in that either. He's just lost 100K now. So if they were within 700 or 800 or even a million dollars, like some people are claiming, 
then this would not be happening. This would not be happening. But they're not. I think they're up there at around eight, and they're not moving, and we're probably at six, five max, and we're not moving either. And nobody's moving. And as long as we keep winning, I'm fine with it. I don't think we need William Nylander to be successful. I think, well, I think having position, him would be amazing, but the, I don't think the we Leafs are, need him. Yeah, the Leafs are in a perfect position to wait this out. I like, you know, that's a that's a good way of putting it, though, and it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And could have read more about this than I have recently because this is the one topic I've been staying away from because I just hate the speculation. I hear you. So let me throw one I'm more thing I'm not worried about it. That's the thing. I know they're going to get either. something done. Know, He's going to get signed. It's not a big deal. We'll all forget about this in a little while. So that's why I'm just like I'm not super hung up on it. I agree. I agree. But here's the thing, though. We thought all along that this would get done. We said, oh, yeah, we've got all kinds of time. I would bring this up with other people, and they would say, yeah, well, whatever. There's still all kinds of time. They even said on TSN that there was, quote, unquote, all kinds of time when there was 48 hours left. So we were. what I'm getting at is we were squeezing the term all kinds of time right up until the 12th hour. So why are we continuing to say, oh, yeah. No problem. It's okay. Because I don't, I just don't care. Like, yeah, but just like. I don't like, care. Okay, but I'm saying, you, you. but you said, you just said to me that you don't care because he will sign. And we'll be and we'll be fine in the meantime. But what if he doesn't sign? He's going to sign. Do you not care still at all if he misses he's gonna the whole sign. year? What do you think he's going to miss the whole year? There's no way that's happening. I'm not seriously considering that. That's why. D- how many people seriously considered Vegas making the cup final? And that's how many? And a how different many, situation. No, that's it's a not. completely different thing. Sure it is. What's a completely different thing? Not the doubt. That's not a comparable. Sure it is. The doubt the, the doubt or the, the the confidence level of people saying, Yeah, yeah, no fucking problem. Yeah, no problem. Dubis already said we can and yeah. we will. You know, no problem. We still got all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, we have a week. We have yeah. a month. We have two weeks. We have forty eight hours. We're good. Oh yeah, we're fine. We're winning games now. He can come back next week against Washington when we play the cup champs. Yeah. Well what if he's not back then? So what? When do you start talking about him missing the whole fucking season? When? Christmas? I don't fucking know. Like December? No, December first. It's not even December first is the cutoff line. If he doesn't sign a contract by December first, he can't play. Okay, then November fucking midway through November, like you don't understand where I'm coming from right here, though. Like no, because like, I just I just don't see it as a realistic thing of happening. Like it's not. I'm not seriously considering it. That's why. Well, when are you going to start? I guess. No, I guess when it no, actually it. becomes an al- alarming thing, like if there's any, if there was thing. any really good reason to believe he's not going to sign, there is. He hasn't uh, signed. But so what? It's We're a playing game games. In. It's a game in. Like you're you're overreacting. No, that's but what I I, think. listen, I okay. Every time I talk about this with somebody, they they seem to think that I'm like pissed off or worried or overreacting. I I equally do not care. But I do not care because I don't care for the player anymore. When a player does this in, in any on any team, I I I have a very severe dislike for Oh, I have no both, sympathy for, for them. Both no Kyle, sympathy for both them. Kyle Turris and PK Subban who sat in the press box while their teammates played. I don't like that. And now Nylander has done it, and I'm not going to be the hypocrite that is like, "Oh, blah blah blah." Make up some fucking excuse because he wears blue and white. No, fuck him. Just like fuck Turris and fuck Subban. Fuck you, Willie. Oh, Jesus. Now you're really bringing the heat, eh? I am bringing Just the heat. Just slamming down because on Willie. Because here's the thing. No, he, now, the reason why I'm going above and beyond today is because of his comments after the game. 
Oh yeah, yeah. If he, he would have stayed quiet, was, that was definitely in response to uh, Shanahan to Shanahan talking about it. But if he would have stayed quiet and didn't say boo about about anything, then I would just be the same as I was last week when we got together, which was just a little bit annoyed at the whole situation because I feel like I feel like he still has a, a an extremely bright future and a huge opportunity to cash in big time, whether he takes a, a decent deal at a little bit less money than he wants right now. Or in my opinion, the way smarter option would be to take a two or three year deal and then absolutely kill it and then get paid huge because the cap will go up as the cap does every year. But the cap is going to go up significantly more in the next two years when Seattle joins the league. So he could sign a contract now based on, you know, a bridge deal based on the fact that it's going to be two years because we're guaranteeing that that Seattle is coming in for the 2020 season or sorry, the 2021 season. So pay me my bridge till 2021 and then we'll, and then we'll see if you want to leave me off your protected list, then you can go ahead and maybe I'll start, maybe I'll start the franchise in Seattle. That'd be stupid. That's just bad asset management Um, for us. You know, at this point I'm just, I'm in the more annoyed camp still. It's just like I was before the season. Annoyed about hearing about it, annoyed about the story and then annoyed about him not doing it. Okay. So not like not signing the contract. So let me throw one more thing to you then. Can we move on now? No, no. Let me throw, let me throw one more thing to you on the, on, on the Nylander situation. We're spending 10 minutes here. I don't care. I don't care. In our non-leaf section. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. What's the last we'll, part? We'll skip it. The what's la- the, what's the, the last part? The last part is I want to see how you feel about the the idea of the trade. And I don't. I'm not in the camp that wants a trade. I'm just saying, let's 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 see what option there is there. So, am I wrong to think this way? And here it is: if we deal Nylander for anything. I don't care what it is. And I'm I know that you're like, "Well, what the fuck? That that makes no sense." I'm just saying, let's just plug anything in. Are you there just you saying want. the concept of the dealing? The concept him. of the dealing him. Just yeah. dealing him. Yeah. So if we deal So just listen. So if we deal Nylander for anything, am I not correct in saying that once the deal is consummated and it's completed, consummated. Am am I not correct in saying that effectively we've traded William Nylander for whatever we get for him and John Tavares plus the cap hit that Nylander wanted. Not necessarily the cap hit that we ultimately signed him to, if we did sign him, but let's just say he wants eight. We'll use a number. Let's just use a number. He wants eight. So if we end up trading him, so we had two options, either sign him for eight or trade him, lose the eight, get four back for some D-man that gets four million or five million, maybe three and a half to five, somewhere in that range. Pick up a guy like that. And then you've now said, okay, we took Nylander, got him out, brought something in, and also Tavares. Because if we don't pay him right now, then that means we're going to have money to pay Mitch and Mitch and. They have Matthews. enough money to do all of them, though, so it's it's not much of a concern. That's that's where I'm at. I guess they do. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm I'm not I'm not entering the pool of I'm not jumping into the pool of uh, of trade him. Well, there's just, enough people on te- national television doing that. Yeah, so. there is. You're right. I I just you know obviously it's a talking point, and I had heard a lot about it, and I, I was I was just thinking about that, like you know. Okay, let's say I wake up tomorrow and the trade is announced and it's not a great one and we feel like we lost the deal. 
I'm looking for optim like optimism in a situation like that. And I would think to myself, well, if that's the case, we have Tavares, Matthews. Yeah, not Garner. concerned about it. Like, yeah, just we've... like we're not concerned about him not playing at the moment. At the moment. So, yeah. It's just annoying. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully next time we get together, there's there's at least a development. Let's just hope for a development because there yeah. hasn't been a development. And that's what's driving me stir crazy. Oh, yeah. Not one development. Like, come on. There's got to be something to talk about. So it can be kind of tough. But let's. Well, there's let's hockey on. Let's yeah. Stop talking business. eh? Yeah, let's hockey on. So we got uh, we want to get into that uh, Marchand bullshit from last night or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marchand or Wilson suspension, whatever, you, wherever you want to go. I think Marchand will be quicker. We'll get into that first. But he I was mean, pissed. He was pissed that Eller took a clapper at him when it was seven nothing. That's what happened. Because he's selling going by the bench. Oh, fine. Yeah. But if you watch the shift where it happens, Marchand is not, like, following him around, trying to maybe goad him into a fight or whatever. Marchand's well, he, just playing his position. He and lurked the, right into him, though. Well, like, not really, though. He wasn't, like, it was came up behind him. Like he No, he didn't. Yeah, initially. No, like, he when didn't. Like, when glide he glides up and he just turns away from the play and comes up to him. Sure, but, like... Just seconds before it happens, Eller takes a huge clapper on a rolling puck from the high slot, and right. Marchand, you know, turns awkwardly and gets smoked by it. Oh, he hits him with a shot he right before him. that. Oh, so you didn't actually see it? You I just... didn't see that part. I just oh. saw the tussle. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so I saw like when they he basically turned away from the play and like snaked up to him, and then like started like you know roughing him up, being like, "Let's go!" And yeah, yeah, starts throwing, drops mitts, starts throwing punches, and Eller's like not having it, and to his detriment. Yeah, I mean, man, Marchand got, got him with a tagged nice, him. He nice tagged one him really right good. on the top of the head there. I just love how after the game when they ask him, he's like, well, you know, it's uh, you shouldn't uh, bark and, uh, like that and dance him by the bench and 7 nothing, which is fair. But since when did Brad Marchand become the fucking morality police of the NHL? <laughs> the guy's fucking licking guys last year, which somebody should have beat the shit out of him for that. And, you know, he doesn't fight anybody, So, but he goes after a guy like Eller, you know, who doesn't fight whatsoever either? But the lick know. is the worst. He's not. He's not getting anything for it. He got five and ten there last night, and they're not suspending. I'm pretty sure he's playing right now. Yeah. No, I don't think he'll get any. Here's here's the thing. Um, you know, for those of you that like, for those of you like Lesko that that just happened to see like the the clip of the actual altercation itself, try and find the one that leads up to it because I'm telling you right now, he was obviously upset about the celly after the seven nothing but he did not chase him down on the ice it was play as as usual it was just play like well, i know he didn't day. chase him down the ice yeah. he was like because he was just gliding and he just fucking turns around and goes towards got, him right? but he got smoked with a clapper that's funny he got smoked with a clapper a and he bitch, was eh? pissed he was fucking pissed bitch because he got hit with a clapper you little baby yeah but i'd probably be a little upset too like it was a high clapper but yeah. I think it was because the puck, I think it was rolling a little bit on Eller, and Eller just stepped into it. And Marshan was like in the high slot, maybe 15 feet away That's from hilarious. Eller, and took it up somewhere by like the Too bad I didn't shoulder. hit him in his face, his stupid, stupid face. <laughs> that would have been fantastic, and yeah, I would have enjoyed that more. It's too bad Eller didn't want to fight him because, man, I would like to see him in a real fight, you know, where he's not just being in a guy like yeah, that. Yeah, but you won't see that. He'll turtle against those guys. Yeah, I would imagine. But, uh, yeah, obviously nothing going to come of that. But he's you do that game one. You know, Tom Wilson on the ice in that situation? No way is he doing that. So where are you on the Tom Wilson? Uh, I love it. Yeah, you know, it's 
the only reason he gets 20 games, obviously, because they he just he's been suspended some like I saw it was four times in the last 100 games played, and a lot of it similar shit. I mean, he catches Buddy in the trolley tracks, no doubt about it. He has his head down, but I mean, you look at the way he falls through on it, um, which seems to be the biggest issue he's causing for himself. You know, if his stick is on the ice and he's got his body low like he's supposed to, there's a good chance he's not following through into Buddy's face like that. He hits to injure. Pretty much, and that's very evident there. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because the NHL seems to undersuspend when you think they're going to go with a big one. Yeah. <clears throat> and then in this particular situation, the suspension comes down and we're like, oh, shit, like I thought maybe he'd get 10 games and he ends up getting 20. Sep- I mean, September. He loses over a million dollars in salary too. One point two. Just signed that big contract, and now he's he's Which, appealing it. Right. Well, what's funny is the, his salary in year one is only uh, one million dollars. Oh. His, yeah, and his fine. Is, oh, it's it's based off AAV though. Yeah, and his sign is uh, his AAV is four or five million, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, four and a half, maybe. I don't know. I think or that's no, it was six point. Yeah, it was big. 6.1. Oh, just throwing out random numbers here. I'm going to fucking look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, Tom Wilson, September 2017, two preseason games for interference. October 2017, four regular season games for boarding. May 2018, three playoff games for illegal check to the head. Which is like six season games. And, excuse me, this week. Yeah, you're right about that. This week, uh, 20 regular season games for illegal check to the head. The yeah, guy is, his, I'm sure he's a good guy and everything, but he's just... He, oh, I love the way he plays the he game. He doesn't toe the line. No, not at all when it comes to that shit. And, I mean, it's so not worth it for him. You're you're just crushing some fourth-line duster. <laughs> like, that's completely unnecessary. And, I mean, an exhibition game. Some guy who's not even going to play in the NHL anyway and probably even less likely now. But, uh, yeah, so Tom Wilson's making 5.1. Yeah, there it is. So, yeah, yeah he's losing a, a mil and a quarter or something yeah. in that because it's basically a quarter of the season. So Yeah, I mean, it's huge, and, and he was a big piece of their of their plan, you know, for this season. But I mean, Oh, yeah. First line, man, He's it's going to upset his season big time. He can't be happy about it. But, I mean, they had to do something, and it was about time, I guess, and it should – I mean, there's not a lot of other guys who are doing this kind of stuff anymore. It seems like the Matt Cooks and all those guys are out of the game. The guys who did this stuff for a living, basically. Yeah, it's, you know? it's working its way out of the league. And what I had a problem with was the people who were saying, well, you might as well just ban hitting altogether or ban open ice hitting. And it's like, okay, listen, there are, on, on any given night in the NHL, there's 713, I think it is, or whatever, 713 players ready to go. And, you know... There are hundreds and hundreds of players in this league that can make an impactful body collision with a member of the opposing team without fucking trying to kill. Yeah, them. without taking their head off. Yeah, it's. it's I'm sorry, it just because, happens. Oh, and you know, it's part. It's part of the game in the sense that it's um, it's consequence of of what the rules allow for. You look at the the amount of speed and. Without all the hooking and holding and stuff like that going on, it's created these situations where everyone's flying. So a lot of body checks can end up badly just based on the, the pace of the game and the and the way it's played, right? So I found it really fascinating, though, to hear that, that take, too, about, well, I shouldn't have hitting. I guess just get rid of it and all this. And, yeah, 
I see where those people are coming from, but again, there's no need for for what he did there. No, it's, there's it's, none, especially given the circumstances. So my my other take on it, I guess, is I don't really understand the player safety aspect of it, though. You know how the NHL wants to preach safety, and we see that by based on previous suspensions that they don't give a lot of shits about discouraging things. And you see stuff like Max Domi does and gets you know a bunch of preseason games. So there's you know if if you were to punch right. him in the face, he would have been fine. He wouldn't even got kicked out of the game. But the player safety thing bothered me because if you really cared about the guy's safety and their or their heads and concussions, put a birdcage on everybody. You know? Yeah, I mean my my no thing- more shoulder pads to face. My thing is just I got a couple of things on it here. One, um, kids at the grassroots grassroots level are are not learning the body check anymore. It's not it's not a thing. well they don't hit in house league at all That's anymore, right? So you don't That's learn it until you play competitive and probably That's not to what Pee Wee or That's Bantam correct. or have they moved it up. Yeah, so I I understand that the players even at a young age, the ones that are destined to get to the NHL. They're they're going to be fine to you know take hits and and whatnot. But my point is, generally speaking, the the physical aspect of the NHL has turned from intimidation to skill. And it used to be, how much skill do they have? Oh, okay, lots. Then we need to intimidate the fuck out of yeah, them. Yeah, beat the shit out. And of then them. the other one was, okay, how much skill do they have? Oh, not that ma- not that much skill on their team. Okay, well then we can probably beat these guys if we just lean on them a little bit. the The physicality and the aggressiveness of the of your of your play used to be dictated based on how talented the other team was, and now every fucking team is talented. Every team has well, NHL caliber players that are scoring goals and can score. Well, there's a bit of a you know, look at the Habs lineup last night. The reason why they didn't win that game is cuz they didn't have enough talent. That's correct. Their only talent was in the net and the, and the and the net was the only thing that stopped them from losing the game by by three or four goals at the end of the day. So anyway, my 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 thing was just that, you know, it, it's not really it's not really the game anymore and people want to hold on to what used to be and as much as I enjoy watching the clips and i remember watching some really important games you know through the late 90s and maybe the early thousands um when i was really starting to come around to watching you know like the league as a whole and finding out more about other teams and other players you'd see those big hits and those huge oh i love it i can't get enough i used to watch those rock'em videos yeah oh yeah like crazy like no i love i love good hit and i love guys who have well-grounded games and still know how to hit and hit effectively, you know, it's, uh, you know, integrating into their four check and just setting the tone, you know, this, Taylor Hall is yeah. a good, ex- I like Taylor Hall is a good example. He will rock a guy from now, like for, from time to time. That's what I always loved about Ovi and he still does it, man. Yep. Everyone said he wouldn't be able to just keep doing it, but those backside man, he, hits. Oh yeah. He's just, well, he's such a big guy's a train, right? Like he's a monster. So I, uh, yeah, I like to see the step ups. I like the open ice hits. The thing is, is, I get a lot of people jumping down my throat because I say that, you know, I don't like the what happened there. And, well, oh, it's the pussification of the NHL. You can't cut across the trolley tracks, all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, hey, which you hey, can't. Listen, you, like you can't. I understand. You shouldn't. That. But you shouldn't <laughs> be having to worry about being dead after. Yeah. Like, are we, are we honestly at that point where we're happy? that Eric Lindros had his career ended because he didn't know to not cut cut across the middle. Are you actually happy 
that that happened because, well, good for him. Shouldn't be cutting across the middle with his fucking head down. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking tough lesson. Well, it's just dumb. I get that, but that's a pretty fucking tough lesson. Are you not okay with him being destroyed with a, like, I don't even know, call it a hip check that's not Darcy Tucker or Matt on Matthew Taking someone's fucking legs out. You know, just just an actual, kind of like you were just talking about, the OV hits. Those OV hits or the Subans where they're kind of with the, with the side Throw of the your, hip on the him. side of your yeah, body, I love that. you know, like you could just, oh my God, you could dislocate someone's hip, but at least you wouldn't be fucking killing him and ending his goddamn yeah. career, man. The stuff targeting the head has to stop. And it's really, it's really way down from what it used it's to be. Bad. It's, it's a good thing to have. So I'm glad they, I'm glad they're actually making a good point about it too. Cause it's consistent with, you know, what they talk about. So it's, you know, all right. Tell me about the, uh, Elias Pettersson goal. Jesus, man, this Tell kid. Me. Holy crap. <laughs> he comes me. flying in Scars. and just absolutely rips one. Jeez. Like, this kid's got hands. He's got a shot. He can skate like the wind. Um, he's definitely worth tuning into the Canucks for. Probably him and Besser. Yeah. Other than that, it's going to be a rough year for them, I think, overall. But, geez, that, that guy is worth the price of admission. So good for Vancouver to have something like that to look forward to. Yeah, and I mean, it was a it was a nice late. There was two late games, right? The Sharks and the and the Ducks, one of them, and the and the Flames and the uh, Canucks, the other. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty exciting. I didn't catch all of it. I actually missed the the Pedersen goal, but obviously, uh, you know, it, it was there on social media to to have a peek at. My what I was really impressed with on the Pedersen goal was that. Looked almost like that lacrosse style of goal, where the puck flips up on end and you sh- and you throw it into the net. Like oh it was, yeah, it was an actual old school wrister. Yeah, like a wrister to the top shelf. Like most guys pull it in and snap it. It's a, it's a pull and a snap. Matthews does it incredibly well. As we know, yeah, this is kind of a wrister too, though. It's like, but the, it's the pull. No, but he weird ass. He pulls it in and then one snaps time, it. one w- time, like snap wrist shot. Like it, I, I still have yet to break down and figure out what it is. He one times himself. It's he one times himself. So basically. bizarre. Like even on a one timer that's not really a one timer, he like cradles the puck for a half second and just and then snaps launches it. it. So. I think I was actually, you know, it's funny. We didn't even, this is good show, good show talk. Like uh, we didn't even prep this, but I was thinking the other day about, about that. Let's go, how he does that. They actually showed it on the broadcast. They showed how by the time he showed shot to the time he actually shot, meaning it wasn't that it was telegraphed, but come on. We all knew he was shooting. We did. Oh, a hundred percent. You could tell by the fucking highlight. Very obvious. Show. And like, he Poppy! Loves and then he, he loves that it. lane. He loves you know? that lane so too. They showed it on the screen and it was 6.9 feet. 6.9 feet by yeah. the time he, he, he collected it and said to the world, I'm putting it top glove. And yeah. then he just went ahead and did it anyway. So he, he snaps it kind of into himself and then pulls it away. Pedersen, his was, I don't think the, the puck actually ever left his stick until the shot was made. There was no snapping motion. It was just like, whoop, 
straight yeah, up just there. All one, all one motion, basically. Straight up cool. there. Oh man, you gotta love a good glove hand goal, eh? Yeah. So the Flames also went 0 for 7 on the power play, which is pretty brutal. And they brought in James Neal there to help that out, and they they were pretty frustrated talking about it, I guess, after the game. And Left the other thing I thought was interesting was, and I actually caught this before I went to bed, was the Good Branson and Hamannick fight, and he tagged Hamannick real hard. It's an interesting image that surfaced after that of like the ref cradling hammock because he got he got dummied and he folded. Really? Yeah, like he he went down. Uh, uh, they were I guess worried about him having a broken jaw or something like that. But Man, almost broke his jaw. Why didn't you fucking text me about that? I should. I don't know. It. I should have looked up. I put it in the prep. You didn't read the prep. Didn't read the prep. No. <laughs> I never read the prep. I read the prep when we sit down here. All I right, so we want to go to break and then fire up the leaf talk that we haven't talked about. Yeah, I mean, do we have uh, do we have anything that we uh, that we were thinking of for the uh, around the horn? No, eh? I mean, uh, I think that's about it. Opening night was good. Yeah, all around solid hockey. Yeah, solid hockey all around, and and more of it tonight. Uh, currently six four for the Penguins over. What the a Cavs. ridiculous hockey game! <laughs> yeah. And three nothing Bruins over the Sabres. So obviously the Bruins uh, picked up their boots a little bit. We've got other action as well. Columbus two, Detroit one as we speak. Actually, Detroit ties it as soon as I say the score. Yeah. Detroit ties it up at two. Yeah, Nashville is underway tonight. Winnipeg gets underway tonight. They're w- leading one. There's a shitload the of games tonight. Yeah, and a I'm lot of games. Mal can have some points for me. Yeah, for, a lot of games. Uh, so. For my pool there. Yeah, we'll have to see how that develops. I know we started the podcast, obviously, just before the regular season was, was getting underway. I mean, I think it was a good time. Like, it wasn't just a couple days before. Like, yeah, pre- preseason about a week, was happening. Eh? Yeah, about a week. Yeah, preseason was happening, and we had lots to talk about as far as, you know, who might make the team and kind of break down our prospe- prospects for some of the listeners. But now that the league is, is underway, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be... There's going to be a lot to talk about uh, each and every week when we get together. Let's go with all these games going on. All kinds of content coming your way, folks. All right. So, yeah, we'll hit a quick break here and uh, whatever. I guess leaves when we come back. Yep. Now Tavares comes out of the corner with the puck. 
banking it back to the blue line to Gardner, who's going to take it all the way back to center ice. Matthews over the boards with Marner, or with Marlowe, who takes the pass, going in for the shot, a shot, he scores! Austin Matthews wins the game! What a pass from Marlowe! And number 34 makes it 3-2! Bit of a weird one from Joe there. Makes it 3-2. Yeah, I think he forgot that it was overtime for some reason. Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But still a good call and everything. But I have no idea why he said that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So we're back, and it's uh, our Leaf uh, segment. And I think we've left ourselves uh, more than enough time to discuss uh, the goings-on. Let's go. We're at our... 45 minute mark and i think uh our listeners can at least be excited about the fact that we're pretty uh consistent with our with our timing hovering right around a buck 20 on uh on each episode Ho- hopefully everyone's enjoying it yeah i like how we put uh 20 minutes down in the prep and it's 40 minutes and it's ended up around the same time for the first few episodes yeah well, i'm looking forward to seeing how long the kneelander rant was yeah, really. I think it was a good 10 minutes. I was watching no, the time God. there. <laughs> uh, so I guess last night's game, man. I mean, they they got outplayed. And I was it was just a slow start, but it just kept going where they just consistently got outpossessed. They didn't have a lot of zone time. Uh, it was, like, sloppy on the breakouts. Uh, the D was not great. The third pair was actually our best pair, I th- thought, throughout the game. But they did not spend enough time peppering Price with shots. That's what I was concerned about. And we basically won the game on elite shooting. Yeah, high shooting percentage is obviously not something that you want to bank on. Well, and just snipes like that. I mean, those shots, oh. nobody's stopping any of those shots. Oh, my God. Thank God bailed us out of not playing that good. Uh, Frederick Anderson, of course. It was very similar to what we talked about and saw last year. Frederick Anderson... And the skill of the of our elite players are essentially what won us that game. Freddie was huge. Um, yeah, Freddie was huge early. Very solid. Really, really solid. He made a big save early. Actually, the first save he made of the season wasn't an easy one. It was relatively easy, I guess. But it was a good snapper, probably 30 feet out or so. Good, yeah. Good look is what I'm saying. No, good, he looked solid. Look. Just... Yeah, it was, um, you know, he was big, and I was really happy because right off the bat I said, well, looks like Freddie or October October Freddie can, can fuck right off. Take a little break. Yeah. Take a lap. No, they were, uh, or like, they were slow starting right out the gate, and that, I mean, that Matthews goal, though, that release is, it's almost like it's getting better, and it's just, it baffles my mind how he can throw the puck like that. I mean... It got me out of my seat, and I enjoy seeing it. He just keeps doing the, he keeps doing it, and I, I man, the way that he lit that building up with that OT winner was just fantastic. Man, I feel like he lit the building and 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 Leafs Nation up with his with his first that, that yeah. shot that the fact that it actually kissed the crossbar and you know you can hear that in the audio. It was the perfect amazing perfect goal for uh, opening the season, opening yeah. the game, and and two. And he had a six Ellie as well on both goals. On both goals. Yeah. yeah. They were. They were good sellies. I wanted to talk about uh, JT. Um, first shift, 
I thought it was great. Uh, he 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 went so hard to the net, and right off the bat, I was just like, man, oh man, that's JT. Like, that's such a JT thing to do. Like, it didn't nothing even really materialized, but he was just so engaged, and like he went right to his right to his office, you know, if you will. And he was probably their best all around player throughout the night, maybe beyond Freddie. Yeah, like he was going really really hard. I didn't think there was. I did I did believe I saw some nerves, and I think uh, I think that that's pretty obvious. Lesko uh, goes without saying when you're in such a huge position like he was. You know, like he, he's been thinking about this for a long time. Um, you could almost compare it to the feelings he might have had when he was a rookie. Well, I mean, NHL. probably one of the more emotional games he's had in a while, but I mean, he didn't show it once the puck dropped. Yeah. He was ready to go out and, there. And to bury a pure vintage John Tavares classic. Just finesse in the puck into the middle and Sick. wheeled around there. And actually, I he, uh, he took the shot, uh, whizzed the puck right by... Uh, Petawawa native Matt Pekka, which they dropped on the broadcast twice last twice. night, uh, gave, gave Petawawa a shout-out, so that was pretty cool. He looked pretty good, actually. Their fourth line was effective. Actually, most of their lines were effective for Montreal. Um, they showed they're a much different team uh, this year, a lot of good speed, and they did a great job of forechecking and forcing the Leafs to make bad plays. There was too many chips up the middle. Um, I, I really hate when they do that play where they, gotta, they do that tip in at center ice. I know oh, yeah. it's a quick... Uh, way of getting it in, but that whole dump and chase pucks in deep type thing, <laughs> <laughs> that that thing is not conducive to their skill sets. I mean, you want controlled exits, controlled entries with the puck uh, as much as possible. Yeah, you're fine with it, obviously, when, when a change is, is required or, you know, re- relieving some pressure is required. But, I mean, we were... We were trying to relieve a lot of pressure for basically the first five, maybe seven minutes of that game. Well, we were getting outshot 6-1. I, I have it right here. I was just going to get to it. 6-1 shots, uh, Montreal at the first commercial break. Casperi um, Kapanen with the Leafs' only decent scoring opportunity that uh, he missed wide, so it was never even a shot on goal. But It seemed throughout the game, and just at, looking at the numbers afterwards, that the fourth line was fairly effective. I thought Limholm had a couple rough spots, but the the uh, Kapanen and Janssen moving their feet really well. The first shift uh, was horrible. The, the Kadri line actually seemed to have the most kind of zone time and uh, were much better defensively, it seemed, than the other three. It just really uh, grinded my gears. These being down six to one shots after, uh, right at that first commercial break. Yeah, it was, it was frustrating way to start. Well, it comes back to our leaf preview episode last episode when I said my biggest thing was the cliche Babcock start on time. Start on time. And I don't mean, start we, on time. You know, we don't fucking start on time. We're gonna <laughs> win the hockey game. All our boys are playing real hard. Our boys are uh, not real ready to play tonight. So Willie's got <laughs> Willie's got to show up, and Willie's got to fire it under the fucking crossbar. Or otherwise, we're uh, just gonna have to win a couple games without him. Yeah. Well, listen, start on time. And then the other one was JT scores the goal, one of the most iconic goals in Leafs history. Everyone's losing their mind. Dangle's going crazy, and then we give up a fucking goal. I know, right afterwards. Like Jesus, too. it was just man. terrible timing and. And it was interesting because we responded. Matthews responded with that goal shortly after yeah. uh, Montreal's goal, which kind of got it, got us going. And it's like, okay, we're, everyone's going. We're awake now. And the game seemed to get almost boring. I remember I texted you last night. It was a mm-hmm. boring game in that they, once it settled down, I guess, late in the first and throughout the second, there was a lot of just broken plays and pucks in deep. 
Yeah, it was. There was some sloppy neutral zone play. I thought both teams at times were basically just hoping that the other team made a mistake. Yeah, they were. Instead of trying to get after them and force a mistake, they were just waiting for one to materialize. They settled down pretty good. And, uh, you know, there's no way there's no way that it should even be in that situation because. I mean, it's it's. Let's be honest. You just looking at the lineups, the Leafs should be winning that game pretty easily. I would think. It, you know, it's a oh for sure. It's a failure if you lose, but it's even worse in that situation because that might be the best game that Montreal has against Toronto all season long. Yeah, but I mean, let's be honest here. Like people are people are all over the Leafs for playing a bad game in this. Like Price made a couple of really he really did. Solid yeah, they could saves. definitely could have had a few other. I have it here. They and, could have had a few other, and uh, Tavares could have had one off that power play right before the Matthews I, yeah. snipe. I've got them both here written down right next to one another, and they were my second period notes. One of them included Coke Niemi looking great. I yeah, he looked really good out he there. He doesn't look out of place at all. Levo didn't look out of place. Really hard on the body. Yeah, which and, I know yeah. you're a big fan of. Oh yeah. And I had him down as one of the uh, few forwards that was really, really moving their feet out there. And my other one was Zach Hyman, which was nice to see because Zach Hyman uh, out with an injury recently. Yeah, he was coming off an injury, but you know he he brings it. He'll never cheat you for effort. So his and compete level is. Just I love insane. the way he. I love the way he plays the game. But yeah, I had JT with a couple of uh, really, really good scoring opportunities that I feel like he healed. He healed them both, and I think that th- those were the nerves I was I was talking about. And then Carey Price, um, east to west, absolutely robs Josh Levo. Oh yeah, that was phenomenal. Oh my save. god! And I mean, I, I have here, I have here written down, Levo needs the goal. LOL. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I was literally laughing. I was like, man, it's the difference between him and the uh, being on the bench or the press box. Yeah, for him, eh? like you know, if Marlowe gets robbed, which by the way, he did. The other one was Marlowe. Yeah, in it, the first, he period. did get. Robbed. He got Marlowe in the first, and that was Marlowe not being able to roof it. And then Levo in the second, I don't think there was anything Levo could have done uh, better than he did. And Price just makes a makes yeah. a fucking phenomenal save. So honestly, Leafs win three two. People on the Leafs about not having a fantastic game. It definitely wasn't a great start. I'm not trying to say it was better that it was better than people say it was, but if Carey Price doesn't come up big, it's probably five two Leafs, and it was over a lot sooner. That's what I figured. I- Price mainly kept them in the game. Not that the least peppered him too hard, but he did make a few like ten bell saves out At there, key right? Times and uh, yeah, you go back to uh, the Leafs there for a moment. And in terms of the defense, man, Ron Hainsey got torched on that first goal. Like you mean Roman Polak? Well, who who knows? But it it almost doesn't matter who it is. That He's he can, the new. He Polak. can't play. You can't play first pairing. It's just. It's not going to last, and it'll be interesting to see how long before Babs finally gives in and throws Dermot up there or Gardner or just we need a – and I was hoping Zaitsev takes a step, to be honest, and finds his way onto the first pair and just slowly phase out Hainsey because if he plays like he did last night, he should be on, like, the first ticket out to Robodaw Island at this point. At what point do you start – just completely forgetting about the fact that he's a, a good veteran presence. You're probably already there, eh? After I would say so. I mean, I'd s- I don't think we need, you know, I'm not going to get hung up on intangibles and good guy in the room and all that crap with a guy <laughs> like Hainsey because, right. I mean, we have other guys who can bring that to the table and it's, 
Yeah, he's, he's going to end up in the press box or Robot Island, man, because that can't continue. I mean, he's getting going to get exposed on the first pairing. We know that already. So first step one is shelter the guy's minutes if you absolutely have to play him and then the hope the other guys fill the void. Because right now, Babs clearly doesn't feel comfortable putting anyone else there for whatever reason. Like, I thought if there was any time to switch it up, now is the time. I mean, coming into the season, let's try something else. But he's going to stand by it, I guess, until until shit really hits the fan. I have no idea. Because if they keep winning the majority of the hockey games, he, that's why he's reluctant to change. He's like, well, it's working, so what am I going to do? I mean, look, think about how long it took for uh, Komarov to finally come out of the damn lineup last year. Yeah, you know... Hainsey's really good on the PK, though. He is, but he can't also be playing that many minutes and playing entire PKs like he was last year. Like he's, He had actually a phenomenal uh, start, I found, to last season. And he just tapered off, and then it was just bad for the entire second half of the season in the playoffs. Just getting exposed. And his age, he looked... 37 or whatever he was, whatever he is last I night know. On there that was goal. one. There was one highlight coming across. He got burned yeah. so bad. <laughs> I was like, look how old he is. Look how old he is. That's like, not going to fly. It's just, I I don't know. There, well, that was it seems one of like, questions. It seems like anything is, yeah, I think anything is a better option at this point. It's just the question is a matter of when it's actually going to change. Like we're going to bring someone in, right? We're going to bring someone in. Well, I would hope so. We're just you know, somebody's gonna have to fill the role. Like guys are gonna have to step up, and Bob's gonna have to, tr- you know, tinker and experiment until he finds someone who can play in that pair. Whether it's like, bringing someone over for the left side, or you know, having Zaitsev and just everyone moving up a why slot. Why don't we just bring one up from the Marlies, man? Like, just do it. I don't know who you're gonna bring up from the Marlies. Like you talking like Lilligrand or yeah. something? Oh no, they're not gonna. They have a development plan. Everyone's I know, everyone's I know. next few years of their life is planned out by that organization. So here's a quick stat that uh, is pretty interesting uh, from last from last night's game. So Matthews has nine points, seven goals in three NHL season openers in his career. Kid shows up to play. Obviously, that uh, hit him with the four, like his uh, first career game. Uh, Matthews and Taveras became the first number one overall NHL draft picks to score in the same game for the Maple Leafs since Matt Sundin and Eric Lindros completed that feat. I think that's the first time. In November of 2005. Uh, yeah, I think it's the first time that they've had two first overall picks since that yeah. as well. Also important to note, um, poor Carl Alsner was healthied, and that ended his 620. Oh, really? to 622 consecutive games played. It I didn't know fourth, he had a... Fourth longest Ironman streak alive in the NHL, and they fucking benched him. I didn't know he had that, and I thought his contract was worse. It's like four and a half, right? I, I thought it was you. way worse than that, but holy crap, like they are thin on the blue line with Weber being out and a bunch oh. of guys I've never heard of back there. So yeah. you would think that there's a spot for him in that lineup, and I... I don't know. I don't That's pay what, enough attention, I guess, to to know the goings ons of the Habs. You know, scratching them or whatever yeah, the logic yeah. would be. Well, they also scratched the neck. Yeah, the, <laughs> the old turtleneck. The, they scratched the neck, so that's 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 really something else. By the way, obviously you've had to look over by now and see that there's twelve fucking goals in the Washington. That's insane. Game, eh? Twelve fucking goals. So I feel I feel like what we'll do, Lesko, is because basically every time we're down here, we're here in my basement, uh, folks, and. Uh, you know, I got a nice little bar thing over here that we sit at. 
the fridge is right next to us for beers. We're going beerless tonight. To, to, it's been a sober pod, but yeah, uh, over here we got the TV and we got the Apple TV hooked up, so we're always going to have two games on basically in the background. And so one of them it looks like it's about to go to OT. Yeah. So let's go. Moving forward, when a game on the television goes to OT, just for the sake of a, a game that the listeners can have some fun with and follow along, not that they're actually watching the game live, right? They don't fucking care. But we're gonna pick the winner. We'll just pick a fucking winner on each team, and we'll we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep score, and we'll see how many points we get over the over the course of uh, however long we do the pod for. Malkin in overtime because that's best case scenario for my pool. Yeah, nice, nice, exactly. <laughs> we can maybe go pool heavy, but uh, yeah, we're still. It's a minute forty six to go. So oh, it's still in third. I yeah, so going we're gonna OT. see that. We're gonna see that. We just hit an hour mark here for the pod. So so we're gonna see overtime. So we'll be able to make a call and uh, and go with it. Hopefully, we'll remember, but. Where where are we off to next uh, in the game? Um, I think. How about we, that Matthews I, between the legs? I've yeah, you know, if he got a whole, proper hold of that, he looked like he was gonna score. It might have been a short side roof. Yeah, it would have been something. <laughs> like it would have been something. But. He showed some pretty phenomenal hands in a couple uh, spots in tight along the boards and in the corners too. Oh, it just so he good. looks. He just keeps getting better. You forget how young he is and that he the best is yet to come with him and. You know, so good. There was all kinds of projections there about uh, the, I guess, the rocket. And, of course, after last night, you know, here comes the I, deluge of tweets saying oh, I'm, he's I'm, winning the rocket. I'm one of them. Yeah, well, yeah. So I guess we got a, a bunch of awards predictions. Yeah, do you want to get two awards? Yeah, we actually wanted to do that in our season preview show, right. but didn't get around to well, it. Because I was just going to briefly. So we want to fire that up? I was going to briefly mention what's what's coming up next. We can argue about up, that. What's coming up next for us is Ottawa. Saturday, two days away, at home. Yeah, so a good opportunity to uh, to to prove our to prove our skill. And I'm telling you right fucking now, if we don't start on time, I'm gonna write an email to somebody. To somebody, find somebody, find the complaints department at write MLSE. It to Babcock, <laughs> Put dear Mister Babcock. Like it's just oh, it's just awful when when that happens because I get so excited. I get so excited about the game coming up. And, and then, then they just take a nap oh in the first five God. minutes. Yeah. I know. It does suck the life out of you for a bit because you're like, this isn't good. Like, this is awful. Like, this what? isn't yeah, going well. What the fuck is <laughs> happening here? Because, uh, well, it's just anytime, you, you know, you're as a fan, you're watching a team or an athlete that you you know what they're capable of. So you're like, what, what is going on here? Like, I didn't I didn't come here for this. Yeah, that's right. I don't like, I don't want this. Fuck's sakes. Here we are. Every now and then we've got fantasy hour on the on the pool and and look at I'm, I just pulled up my pool right now and Pekka Rene is on my bench. Oh, fantastic! Winning the game two one with twenty five saves. Well, Boston got a shutout and Rask wasn't playing, like, so I was happy about that. What the fuck am I doing? God Fucking damn it! Don't listen to me. Second people. day of the year and you're already <laughs> not dressing tendies. But the bullshit thing is, I have three starting tendies. So when I just hit the button that says start, you know, start start all your active players. It just puts in. Oh, there's a button for that. On yeah, the there's a button. It does it for oh, the whole cool. week. You can do it for the whole week. So people out there that are like, "Oh, I never set my lineups." You can do it every Sunday. No excuses. No excuses. There's a damn button I know for you're it. Right. All right. So All right. Let's get so what do you some, got? Yeah, let's get on to some awards. So yeah, we did the major awards. We did uh, we did Hart, Rocket, Vesna, Calder, Norris. Uh, we threw the Selkie in there, and then Con Smythe, and then a Cup final. So um, I'm changing. Uh, I'm changing my tone based on one game of the season. <laughs> Who you got for the heart? Who do I got for the heart? Uh, it's going to have to be McDavid. I'm going to go easy on that one. Okay. 
Uh, I'm off the board. If you went last year and they didn't make the playoffs, then mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to see a situation where he does not win it. Penguins just won an OT, and if it's Malkin, I'll give you I'll give you the point, even though I didn't say anybody. We'll have to get a look at that and see who it was. Um, I'm going off the board a little bit, so you will. Uh, I'll take uh, Kucherov. I've got uh, I've got Kucherov winning the Hart Trophy for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Viable candidate. Um, sorry, yours was Connor, eh? Boring. Boring guy. Picks the easy, obvious pick. Yeah. Who's your rocket? Uh, geez, you really got me on the Matthews train now. But, you know, I don't know. It's Matthews. It's You look at the way Ovi's playing right now, and he just it's hard to say anyone other than him. Okay, and, Ovi? Uh, yeah, line A comes to mind too, but I'm going Ovi. I was going line A uh, before the season started. I just felt like it was his time, and Winnipeg is such a phenomenal team. They've got a lot of threats. But that shot? No. Give me it. If he plays 77 games, he's going to score 50 goals. Line A? No, Matthews. Matthews. Fuck Line A. Fuck Line A. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like Line A. But, um, I don't yeah. like a stupid goat beard. That uh, <laughs> that that shot on Price was just stupid. Uh, the overtime goal, obviously, you know, and I almost feel like those overtime goals almost shouldn't count. Because, you know, I don't know. Like, let's say, let's say someone scored, like, seven overtime goals. You know what I mean? And then they get they ended up getting above thirty instead of under thirty, you know, and uh, it's like, okay, well, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Oh, thirty goal score, yeah, but he just hopped over the boards and he's really fast on he's, three on three yeah, when there's all the space. Three. Yeah, no, it's never going to happen. It, it well, that's why the stat happen. of of five on five goals is so you can huge. Put more stock in that, and, and Matthews tears it up. Yeah, five well, on he's, five. he's lit it up five on five and scored. You know, forty some goals. Like he only had seven of them on the power on five, play. He only so. had seven of them on the power play in his rookie season. I yeah. think it was very low. It was a very low number. And even last year, he played very seldom on the power play, and they his unit didn't produce very well at the, on the power play either. Yeah. Okay. So where you want to go? Uh, I got. I had the Vesna one. Uh, I had the Vesna up next. Vasilevsky. Yeah, you got Vas. Okay, that's a good pick. I went with Hellebuck. Oh yeah. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, not not necessarily a team award, okay, but um, I feel like it's obviously indicative of the team that you have. Well, you're gonna rack up a ton of wins. Yeah, and, exactly. You're gonna yeah. rack up those wins, and your numbers are gonna be pretty goddamn it's good. It's so. very f- seldom it is a, a goaltender from a brutal ass team, unless yeah, they made right. some kind of like Cinderella like run. I was off by one, by the way. Austin Matthews, eight power play there goals, go. eight out of forty. Eight out of forty, and then in sixty-two games last year, he scored thirty-four. My goodness! Like he was only six goals away from his total, with only five on the power play. The guy just doesn't score on the. Power I gotta play. think he's scoring. He's like uh, he's probably fifty. Gonna, he's probably going to score twelve or fifteen goals. If on he's the power healthy, play this there's year. no. It, it seems it's almost not unreasonable to say he can score fifty if he's healthy. It's not. It's not. All right, let's move on. Who's next? Uh, Oh, I got to write your pick down. Who's Vesna again for you? Vasilevsky. Vas. Okay. Next one I've got down there is the Calder Rookie of the Year. Who do you got? I gotta say Pedersen after that goal I saw last night. So dirty. Yeah, man. He's he he looks pretty special out there. I gotta say. So dirty. That was such a nice goal. If you haven't seen it, folks, get on there. Listen. Oh, also, um, I'm dropping the ball on it, but I'm definitely gonna be making a 
uh, Pucks in Deep podcast Twitter account. And basically, whenever we're chatting here on the pod, let's go. I'm going to have that Twitter pulled up. And, and as we talk about things, if, if something we want to tweet it out, we'll tweet it out right away. Uh, and then maybe the listeners uh, see a tweet and the, the episode's going to be uh, coming out shortly. So make sure to uh, have a look on Twitter for our account because I feel like by the time this podcast goes live, it might be it might be out. So if you're listening to this episode and you're on the Twitter sphere, head over and check us out. Eventually we'll have a name for you. Uh, my Calder, Svechnikov, um, for two reasons. One apparently he's really good and two i really like his name it sounds pretty badass it's a badass name so he's actually uh, believe it or not he's actually slotted on the first line in carolina right now playing with aho right so you got to figure and some guy named valentin zykov which sounds like a computer generated nhl game with <laughs> nhl name when you play too far into the future it does <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, he's he looks like he's going to have every opportunity to be successful in Carolina this year. Yeah, so Svechnikov, I'm excited about that pick. Um, moving right along, Norris, I've got EK65, Eric Carlson. Uh, moving out to San Jose, didn't have the greatest start last night in uh, in opening night, but I think he still looked comfortable. I think he looked really healthy. He looked really mobile, and uh, he was distributing the puck well. So those were good signs for me. I own him in a couple of my pools, uh, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, I think it's uh, I think it's EK all the way. Well, it, it, it's definitely going to be EK if he comes in the top five in scoring, which seems very probable given the s- supporting cast he's now playing with in San Jose. I mean, for me, though, I think it's going to be Victor Hedman. He won it last year. I kept him in my pool because, well, obvious reasons. Um, he just, I have him in a he's keeper the, as well. He's the total package out there, and with the amount of goals Tampa Bay is going to score, I mean, he, he could put up another career year, I think. All right, next one. Who do you got for the Selkie? That one I did not put a lot of thought in, to be honest. I'm That's go- why I said major awards. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm Googling Who it. Who won right- last year? <laughs> I'm, Goog- I'm Googling it right now. I'm Googling it right now. But um, you know what? I We talked about this actually during our break off the air. Uh, we talked about okay. That's you know, a tremendous looking trophy. Awards. Here's the thing: the award is described as the trophy that is awarded annually to the NHL Hockey League forward who demonstrates the most skill in the defensive component so it's that, of the game. It's the Ber- uh, Bergeron Trophy for the past several years. Okay, but my question, and I, and I said this to you outside, is it though? Now. What I'm saying is they don't actually give the award to the player that is the best defensive forward in the league. They haven't done this since 2003-2004 when Chris Draper won the award. It seems quite frequent that it's, you know, it's top-line center. It's a top-line player. It's like the best two-way center, essentially. It Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the, the name of the award and, and the idea of the award is to give it to the, the, the player, the forward, excuse me, that demonstrates the most skill in the defensive component of the game. They don't even give a fuck about scoring. Right. So with that being said, let's just rhyme off some recent winners. Kopitar, Bergeron, Kopitar, Bergeron, Bergeron. 
Stop me if I stop saying those two guys. Then Taves, then Bergeron. Then Kessler, so that's a decent one right so here. So you might as well pick... Then Datsuk, Datsuk, Datsuk. Yeah, right? so just pick Kopitar or Bergeron. Do I pick? don't want to because it's not fair. <laughs> well, I, that's I want, who it's going to be. I know, but I want to pick a player that's that the, the might answer. be able to do it. You know, and I, anyway, I, I didn't put much, Matthews. Yeah, I didn't put much thought into it either. Matthews could could be a guy that would win it, but the, I, I I chose Kadri, and the reason why I chose Kadri is because once again we are a bit of a leaf centric. He puts uh, up pod. the points. He puts yeah, he puts up the points one and number two. He is very res, uh, responsible defensively, and and he'll he's known for making quite a quite a few. Really good defensive plays. Kadri early in his career used to be guilty. He used to be that guy that I'd be saying, "Oh my God, come on!" He was a floater. How do you not pick up that guy? He was a floater before. Like, how do you not pick up that guy? You know that's your guy, and you know that he's probably going to score if you don't take two hard strides. And he would choose not to take the hard strides, and then we would get scored on, and I would be frustrated, and all my fans would be like, "Kadri's a fucking bum. We should trade Kadri." And I'd be like, "You know what? I fucking love Kadri. I love what he brings to the table." And I hope he's around as a part of the solution. And I say to those same players, and I say to you now, because I know you're listening, I've loved him all along, and you fucking know it. And he's going to be with us when we're good. And it could be a year like this year if, let's say, we happen to be successful, God forbid. It'll be because of a guy like Kadri winning the Selkie Trophy. Well, more like... Successful if we win the Stanley Cup trophy. Well, that's, well, that's what I. But at that point, that's what success I don't give in the a NHL shit who is. Where, who wins the Selkie at that point? Not like the. I really give a shit anyway. But All right, so you're picking. What's next? Kopitar? You got sure. to make a pick. Kopitar. No, I said Matthews. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it leaf on that one. How about that? I like it. All right, Con Smythe. Actually, let's do Cup Final. Yeah, I got to do Cup uh, Final. Who, wins, and who wins the East? Who wins the West? And into that. Well, we can figure that out by saying cup final. So, and I'd uh, like to revisit this <laughs> cup final one throughout the season. Like Sharks, See Leafs. how often our, our picks change, essentially. Sharks, Leafs. Sharks and Leafs? Okay. Jets and Caps. Still high on the Caps, man. I can't. I have no reason not to be. I know the circumstances aligned for them so well last year. Well, but then are they going back-to-back or what? Man, if it, it doesn't seem unreasonable. And you look at, you look at the windows. I mean, they're, they're basically the same. Was last year. Okay, so. And the Jets are the Jets. So pick one then. I mean, Jets on paper are the best team in the West, so. So pick one. Yeah. Jets and Caps. Oh, to actually win it? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Caps. Yeah, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> After all that. Oh, man. All right, I got Sharks, Leafs. Okay. And I got. Sharks winning. <laughs> you couldn't say it, eh? I'd rather uh, you didn't. You made the right call. I got Sharks winning because it's their time. and Their time they is will... running out. Or so it seems like, but then they yeah. just keep getting better somehow. No, no, no. Their window's closing. Their window's closing, and they're desperate. And they are the Western version of the Washington Capitals. At this point, yeah. So they can look across the country and say, I see you, Caps. And thank you for showing us sharks that it is possible to build a, a winning culture that has an opportunity. That's the word, an opportunity to win a cup at some point in time. 
Other teams go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. Sharks have been up. It's time. They're the Caps. They're the Western version of the fucking Caps. They've yeah, been the Caps are basically sputtering the out only... in the finals. They're sorry, not in the finals. They've been sputtering, sputtering out in the first round, in the second round. They just can't seem to get there. The Caps seem to be the only Eastern Conference team that I'm really confident. I guess outside of maybe Pittsburgh for winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, I give it to Tampa, but it just you look at the the Western teams though and how they match up to some of these Western clubs, like Nashville, the Jets, San Jose. These are all teams that they just seemed like they're a little bit above, I would say, where I would rank some of the Eastern Conference teams. And when a lot of people are focused on, you know, the Leafs, Tampa and Boston coming out of the East and forgetting about Pittsburgh and Washington, and I still see those guys as the top dogs until, you know, these other teams prove otherwise. Okay, so you have, I have to scratch out the Conn Smythe because we have different teams, right? So... Um, who do you who do you see in a Con Smythe position between the Jets and the Caps? Keeping in mind that you have the Caps going back to back. Got to be Ovechkin. Are you going Ovi with has back, to be back to back Con Smythe? Yeah, well, if they're winning the Cup, it's, it's got to be him, right? I mean, he's he'd be he'd be putting himself up near Crosby now. He's the man. He's the right? man. Like it's okay. He's the man. So for me. I ended up choosing Sharks, even though I told you outside that I was going to choose a fucking Leafs. So was that a Carlson con? con I had I had Tavares written down because if the Leafs are going to pull it off, then it's going to be because Tavares is home. With these Sharks, is it is it is it would it be Jumbo Joe's time to be on the power play and maybe the reason why they won because they were bigger, better stronger we took more penalties and they scored a lot on the power play i had that one's that tough to thing. predict that's tough, tough to predict. predict this consummate one's kind of tough tough to predict so why don't i say uh why don't i go with burns in case that happens and then that'll be sick because then they'll have like norris i already called ek and then burns so they'll have everything but they'll have everything yeah you got ov all right so yeah there it is i mean i don't know if maybe i should take a picture or yeah, we're probably we'll, not going to lose this folder of all this, uh, all these fucking. Look at these notes. Yeah, I wouldn't mind revisiting that uh, Cup final debate throughout the season. Just like check in every once in a while and see who we think is making yeah. it, just based yeah. on the what's happened in the season so far. All right, listen, that's it. All right, wrapping it up. That's fucking it. Play Let's me wrap off. It up. Yeah, I mean, uh, what are we? Uh, what are we thinking about moving forward here? Are we? Uh, are we going to be meeting? You know, soon. Or yeah, are we I'm be thinking. It off for a week. This is going to go up tonight, right? So this yeah. is Thursday, October fourth, and I check the old calendar up. there, and we see if we can do Mondays or something uh, early in the week. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, we used to play most Saturdays, so recording Mondays would be all right. Yeah, I mean, we we talked uh, outside off off the air during our break. It depends what what lines up with their schedule too. That's like true. When the games are. That's true. Uh, and just so the listeners are aware too, we were talking outside about the opportunity to, uh, you know, I have this gear right here, uh, six feet away from my couch. So um, on nights where there's lots of action, or maybe uh, we haven't done a pod in, in a while or something, or I might. Uh, just do a little short pod about you know being around the NHL. I'll bring you up to speed on some scores of the night and maybe dive into a little extra fantasy work. And I know that uh, a lot of people I've been talking to recently about fantasy are really interested in my schedule 
manipulation. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a, that was a good one. Yeah, it's a well, big yeah, thing. Well, yeah, I want to shoot for at least once a week, and then yeah. we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, we will. We will see how it goes from there. So we're playing us out, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been another edition of the Pucks in Deep podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Coleman42 and at Lesko Adam because the last few episodes I apparently didn't know my own Twitter handle and thought it was at Adam Lesko. I loved it. I thought you were maybe <laughs> joking or something. I wasn't quite no, sure. No, I, I didn't even realize because I, I had the damn thing for 12 years, but I reset it recently. Right. When I started my campaign. So I just, because I didn't want to go purge, you know, over a decade worth of retweets and whatever crap I may have put on there. So uh, I just reset. And I'm not even much of a Twitter. Still got my like straight name as my handle, but I still feel like I'll be more active and more efficient um, with the podcast Twitter. I'll be a little bit more. I don't know. I'm just not a Twitter guy. I never have been. I got to get on board. Figure though. it out. I got to figure it out. All right, folks. That's it. Thanks for joining us. Episode four under wraps. Timing is once again delicious. It's been another edition of the Pucks and Deep podcast sponsored by. Could be you. <laughs>